let's just continue our study through the book of John, John chapter 7. Uh, John chapter 7. We know that uh, this, this chapter begins with uh, a feast, a feast of tabernacles that uh, was celebrated by the Jews. Um, <clears throat> By the way, it's the next feast that we are going to celebrate this month. This month we are celebrating this feast. And it was normally celebrated at commemorate Israel's journey through the wilderness. Uh, people built makeshift shelters out of leaves and branches. It was also our, um, a water drawing and lamp lighting ceremony. So that Jews could come many and gather up with a lot of celebration for the whole week in Jerusalem. Yes, we also saw that um, we also saw that because people are going to be many, the brothers of Jesus came to him and told him to go public and put a show, you know, do miracles so that people can see. Jesus tells them that his time was not yet. Uh, but we also saw that the Jews were seeking to kill Jesus. So this was more like a trap that when, when he comes public, the Jews would have him and you know, kill him. But you see Jesus telling that the brothers that it wasn't yet his time. Okay? It wasn't yet his time. And uh, Jesus tells them to go ahead and afterwards he, he goes there not openly but secretly he goes there secretly and uh, from from our last study the one that we last studied the Holy Spirit taught us so much from this uh, one of the things that he taught us was um, not every opportunity that comes your way is yours some are traps of the enemy if you're discerning and walking in wisdom by the Holy Spirit, you can easily you you can you can easily know that this is not from God. Praise the Lord. So it is also important to submit to the will of God and the timeline of God. Yeah, we also looked at that because this can save us so much from taking wrong steps in life and falling into the traps of the enemy. Hallelujah. The Lord told us that he has sent us into wolves. The world is full of wolves, but we must be wise as children of the serpent and as harmless as doves. That's why we stopped last time and uh, we're going to pick up from there. I kindly request the media team, the media team, please work on the sermons, uh, especially that sermon and some other sermons. There are some hungry souls out there that need these sermons. Work on them and share them on the group so that uh, those who missed can catch up with where we are at. Praise the Lord. So let's pick it up from there, from verse 14 to 18 today. Verse 14 to 18 of John chapter 7. Let's read it together. <clears throat> now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up 
marvels, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do the Father's will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory, that his glory that sent me, the same is true, and no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> today the topic of our study, the topic of our study is um, preach the gospel. The topic of our study is preach the gospel. Let's begin with verse 14. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. Hallelujah. We, we've gotten the backstory of this of this study. Jesus at first didn't want to show publicly that that he was around. But we also know that he knew the timeline of God. He knew the time of God and he was purposed to do the Father's will. And because of that, Jesus never missed any opportunity that was before him. So we see him in the midst of this feast. That's when the people are gathered up and there are so many they were gathered up and there were so many. He goes to the temple. One thing I love about Jesus, he always minded about the Father's business. At every moment, right from chapter 2, remember chapter 2, uh, the wedding of Cana when he was invited. Still, it was about the Father's business. Praise the Lord. That whatever he did glorified the Father and made people believe. Some people believed in him that he is the son of God. So Jesus always is kingdom-minded and always seeks to please the Father. He always sought to please the Father, to glorify only the Father. And that people can believe in the one that he has sent. And this is one of the most important things that Jesus wants us to do as well. The most important thing to Jesus is to preach the gospel. The most important thing to Jesus is what? To preach the gospel, especially to the lost, that they may believe in the one and true God and his son, Jesus Christ, to obtain eternal life and live forever with him. Jesus Christ was always focused on this mission, on this mission of preaching the gospel, preaching the Father's will, preaching so that people can believe in the only one true God. Even on this feast where he knew he was sought to be killed, we see him going to the temple to teach. He goes to the temple to preach. Hallelujah. Uh, 
By the way, this position in the temple, like to stand up in the temple and to teach, was held by the rabbis. The rabbis were, these people were so studied. They were teachers of the law. They were studied. So it is the same position that Jesus took. And for him this time, he did not come to teach the law. He came to reveal the, the will of the Father. He came to reveal the Son of God. Praise the Lord. So in the same way, the Lord is calling us. Hallelujah. <clears throat> in the same way, the Lord is calling us to awake as his church as his body to this great mission of using every opportunity before us to teach, preach, and make disciples in his name as he has commissioned us in Matthew 28, 19-20. He tells us to go and make disciples in his name and he is awakening us. If you know you are the bride of Jesus, if you know you are the church of God, Awake, Jesus is saying, awake ye sleeper, awake from distractions, awake from depressions, awake from where circumstances have kept you, awake, don't you see that the fields are white and ready to harvest, the harvest is much, praise the Lord, the harvest is much, the harvest is ready, Awake ye laborer. The Lord is saying, awake. Open your eyes. You're going to see the fields ready. You're going to see every opportunity that is there for you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. For the time is at hand. Let us do it with all determination, diligence, and faithfulness like our master Jesus Christ with passion to see many believe in the Lord Jesus and grow in a personal relationship with him. Hallelujah. There is no time. The time is at hand. The time is up. The time is up. Praise the Lord. That's what I was telling the leaders. I was telling them, use every opportunity. Use every opportunity. Everywhere your art is your pulpit for people to know and to know the Lord and come to Jesus Christ. Don't wait to be called to go for a mission somewhere and then you remember I have to, to share about Jesus. Every day of your life is a mission. Every day you wake up and you open your eyes is a mission. It's a mission for you to share about Jesus, for you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Let your only business be about souls. Let your only business be about souls. Because that is the business of our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not desire that any soul should perish, but that every soul should have everlasting life, to forever spend eternity with him in his kingdom. 
That's why he came. John 3.16 tells us. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world. Where there is the world, put that person, that workmate. Hmm? For God so loved charity. For God so loved Michael. For God so loved my boss. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him, that if they believe in him, they will not perish but have eternal life. This scripture is alive and working. Verse 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the only Son of God. Praise the Lord. That is our memory verse. Those three are our memory verses for next Sunday. Please memorize them. They are very important scriptures to the Lord and to us as we awake to preach the gospel, as we awake to share about Jesus with every soul in our lives. Hallelujah. That office you are in is your God-given pulpits. Hmm? That office you're in is your God-given pulpit. Use it. Use it to preach the gospel. Use it to tell people about Jesus. Use it to reflect the character of Christ in you. That business that God has given you is a pulpit for him so that people can know Jesus. That neighborhood God has given you is a pulpit. When you're selling your products, when you're selling your products, give people Jesus. Don't just give them products. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't just give them products. For example, if you're selling shoes, give them shoes and tell them, you know what? These shoes represent your destiny. And you know who holds your destiny? Jesus holds your destiny. He's the only commander of destinies. Praise the Lord. There's so many, every product that you sell, you can, you can use it to preach about Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not about just making money. It's about the world to receive and know Jesus Christ. You'll be amazed. Praise the Lord. You will be amazed. You will be amazed. Some people will be so glad that you shared with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Papa sits in your life every day. Every day to share about the Lord Jesus. When you keep quiet, beloved of God, their blood is on your head, according to Ezekiel 3. Praise the Lord. According to Ezekiel, when you're quiet, you watchman, eh? their blood is on your head. So don't be quiet. This is a time to blow the trumpet. We're celebrating the feast of the trumpet. Blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet. Tell everyone about Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 14 says, How then will they call on him 
in whom they have not believed. And how are they going to believe in him of whom they have not heard? It is your responsibility. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to help people know about Jesus. Praise the Lord. Some of us people don't even know that we are Christians. People don't know that you're a Christian, yet you're a servant of God. But your mouth is shut. You feel ashamed to share about Jesus with someone you're seated with in a taxi? Ah? How, how will they see me? What will they think? Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before people, I'll also be ashamed of you before my father and his angels. This is not a time to be ashamed. This is not a time of, of thinking how people are going to look at you, think about you. No, it's a time for Jesus. It's a time for the whole world to know Jesus. It's a time for the great harvest to come home. It's a time for the prodigals to return back to the Father. Hallelujah. And it is our mandate as believers. It's our mandate as Christians to see that that happens. We are partnering with God. We are partnering with his angels. His angels have already been released. The angels of the harvest, of the end time harvest, have already been released upon the earth. And they are waiting to partner with us so that people can come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There is, there is, a, there is a, a, a mindset I want to kill in us today. It must die. Most of us Christians, we think that this work is for missionaries. This work is for pastors. This work is for apostles. This work is for your leaders. No, it is for you too. You have a responsibility for your children to know the Lord. You have a responsibility for your workmates to know the Lord. When Jesus was giving the great commission, he did not say to some, go. Uh -uh. He said to all believers, all his disciples, go and make disciples. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. I love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so wise. Very wise. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is so wise. He will always guide you on, on the way. He will always guide you on which way to begin to reach out. He will always guide you. Sometimes it's about maybe taking someone out for lunch. You know, you take someone out for lunch. And as they are dining, you're eating, you're conversing. And then you don't know how Jesus comes in. And you start sharing about Jesus. And because of that, someone just gives their life to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And actually, this also calls us for to, to be generous. If we want to, to preach the gospel, we're not going to preach the gospel with only words. We have to preach the gospel with our lives. We have to preach the gospel with our character. We have to preach the gospel with everything about us in us. Give. Give. Jesus was a giver. Give. Bless people. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we see Jesus going to the temple and he begins to teach. He knows his goal in this. I love Jesus. Eh? He knew where to begin. 
Can you, if I stand up and say these things, the Jews are going to question me. And I will have a platform to share about my father. Hey, praise the Lord. Remember, he told us to be wise. He told us to be wise as a serpent and as harmless as doves. He was so wise. And we need to also be so wise. Praise the Lord. Let us be wise. Let us not be naive. Don't be naive. Yeah? You know how we're talking about the character, the character of a wolf. They will come slowly, yeah? but sure and focused to have their prey. Let us also be, yeah? you start friendship with this person, but you know your goal. <laughs> you, you know, you start friendship with this person, but you know, you know. This is, I normally call them fish. This is a fish. <laughs> this is a fish. I was giving a testimony that we had uh, in Burundi. This 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 man was supposed to help us exchange money. And God set us up. That's why I told you I love the Holy Spirit. So God sets us up. We want to exchange money. And then we had forgotten some money at home. We went back. By the time we came, he had gone home. He's like, I'm at home. You guys come to my home. We didn't know that he wasn't a Christian. Mm-mm. We didn't know. So we reached to his home. He gives us the money. And then he's like, can I offer you a cup of coffee? We're like, ah, we're in a hurry. He brings out coffee, buckets of coffee. And he gives us coffee. When I see it like this, eh, my heart, does this man know the Lord? Ah, then I started, do you know the Lord? He's like, no, I'm a Catholic. I said, yes, Jesus. So I shared the gospel in his sitting room when they were translating for me. By the time we finished, I asked him, would you like to give your life to Jesus? He said, yes. Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. Let me tell you, the grace that is available at this moment, it is so easy for people to come to Jesus only if we can share, only if we can be strategic, be strategic. Be strategic in your relationships. Be strategic in your work. Be strategic because your goal is to win that person's soul. Your goal is to win your boss's soul to Jesus. So do everything. Hmm? Everything with wisdom. Hmm? With all humility. Of course you're doing it unto the Lord. But you have a target. You have a strategy. This person must come to the Lord. What I'm telling you, that's what the, 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 they're called uh, devil worshippers. That's what they do. They are sent. They're like, ah, oh, Joanne works in that office. We need her. So they come with a strategy. Hmm? They befriend you. Look at this person. Hey, this person loves me so much. They're so good. I've never seen someone good like this. Yes, they have a goal, but they are using a strategy to get to you. So we also need to be strategic, children of God. This is a time to be more strategic like you have never been for the kingdom. Hallelujah. And we see Jesus here, very strategic. <laughs> very strategic on point. Verse 15 of chapter 7. Verse 15. 
And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man let us, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but is that sent me. Praise the Lord. I'm reading KJV. So if the English is a bit, it's okay. I hope you'll understand from the explanations. So this, as I've said, drew attention of the Jews. They said, mm. first of all, he's standing in a place of rabbis. Only rabbis stand in that place to teach. Jesus is standing there. And what he's teaching, is, it's like he had studied. Where did he go to school? Remember, Jesus didn't sit under any rabbi to be taught. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. So that's what Jesus wanted. He wanted to draw attention the attention of the Jews. <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Oh my God. So Jesus had never gone to any theological school of those days. They were wondering, how can he be teaching like this? And Jesus answered them that his teaching was not his, but from the Father. In other words, he learned and got it from the Father. Praise the Lord. I want us to draw some some simple lessons from this. You don't need a theological education to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples for him. Some people think that in order to, to share about Jesus, I have to go to a Bible school. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't go to any Bible school. Let me tell you, there are very many theologians out there who have never made any disciples for Jesus. They are theologians, they have PhDs in theology, but they have not made any single disciple of Jesus Christ. Yet they have a lot of knowledge of the Bible. Hallelujah. I'm sorry to disappoint you this morning. You don't need a degree in theology to share about Jesus. You don't need the whole Bible in your head, the history of the Bible, to share about Jesus. Praise the Lord. When I I talk about this, eh, I don't mean making disciples for yourself. These big PhD theologians, they might have a big following, yeah. They might have a big church membership, (laughs) but not disciples to Jesus Christ. These are two different things, saints of God. You might find that all the members in your church are not disciples of Jesus. You can have a thousand followers on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, church membership, and never have disciples unto Jesus Christ. But do you know the only people you have? They're only fans. They're fans of Jesus. The way we say it these days, fan, my fans. Even some gospel preachers in courts and musicians in courts say my fans. Jesus has never sent us to make 
sons. He has sent us to make disciples unto him, not unto ourselves. Praise the Lord. Now, these fans, fans, they have heard about Jesus Christ. They know things about Jesus Christ. They read about Jesus Christ. They even get things from him. <laughs> but they don't have a personal, growing, intimate relationship with Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They have never denied self, carried the cross, and followed Jesus daily. They don't know Jesus. When, when you ask them about Jesus, they don't know Jesus. This has happened so many times. When you're reaching out, someone tells you, I'm a Christian. Like, okay, tell me something you know about Jesus. I normally ask that question, and someone tells you, I go to church. My pastor is so-and-so. Like, okay. That is your church, but as you, what do you know about Jesus? And most of the time, they don't know anything. They're like, I pray, and I get what I have prayed for. But, praise the Lord. Remember, Jesus said, many on that day will come and say, Lord, 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 Lord. And I'll tell them, go away from me. I do not know you. Leaders, pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, whoever will listen to this. Are you making disciples for Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Because from, from, um, from all the missions we've had this year, it is so disappointing that most sheep are lost because of the shepherds. Most sheep in churches that we have ministered to during the missions they are lost because of their shepherds. Their shepherds don't have a relationship with Jesus. The pastors themselves, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. They don't know Jesus. So they cannot lead the sheep to Jesus. They are leading the sheep somewhere else. Praise the Lord. It is so, so, so sorrowful, saints of God. I remember I stood in a church. I cried to the Holy Spirit. I told him, what can we do, Lord? Seeing the people so far away. Yet they come to church every Sunday. They read to them the word of God every Sunday. But they don't know Jesus. They can't even worship Jesus. They can't... My God, that was the most sorrowful Sunday I had. Okay, all these missions have been so heavy because of the Holy Spirit, the way he feels. But it was too much. I told God, Father, at least one soul. If it's the only soul that we came for, only one soul, Father. The people were they can't worship. During worship, they are sleeping. During worship, they are just looking. Eh. Like you could truly tell that there is no relationship with Jesus at all. And then you wonder, so why do they come to church? What do they get from church? But it begins with a shepherd. 
when the shepherd was sharing some little word, he was quoting scriptures that don't coordinate. And then he started, you know, shouting on the microphone and doing all those things. And I'm thinking, Father, what is this? Praise the Lord. Shepherds, this is a warning to us. Leaders, even worship leaders are teachers. This is a warning. Are you making disciples? Do those people have a personal relationship with Jesus? It's not about people accumulating wealth, um, getting a breakthrough, getting... That is all. That is all to lead them to the Lord. It is not the ultimate end. Jesus uh, performed miracles. He healed the sick. He delivered people so that they can know him. Praise the Lord. My God. It's so heavy this morning. If you're a shepherd, if you're a leader, I want you to go back and repent. Repent and be honest and sincere with the Lord and tell him, Lord, I am sorry. I've been so disobedient. I have I've not been walking according to your word. And because of that, all the sheep, just imagine a church of a thousand people and more. All those souls are upon you, going to hell because of you. Because Jesus will not take the people he doesn't know and don't know him. People who don't have a relationship with him, he won't take them. He can't lower his standard in his word. He can't lower the Father's will. Praise the Lord. Shepherds, we need to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. It's not about you. It's not about how beautiful your church is. It's not about how, how many people come to your church, how many connections you have. Do you have the most important connection in the whole world? Do you have the connection with Jesus? Do you have the connection with, with, with the Father? Do you know what the Holy Spirit is speaking? Or you're just in your own world? Or he tells you to do things and you just want to do what can please people? You think, how will people see me? How will people... This person will leave the church if I tell them they have sinned and they need to repent. Yet they are the ones who have been giving us the most biggest financial support. God does not need any financial support. He can support his ministry. He said he will build his church. He will build his church. He has all the resources. Praise the Lord. Shepherds, we need to repent. It is terrible. And the judgment towards us is higher. It is terrible. Now what surprised me in that church that I was telling you about? After the session when the Lord had moved upon the people. It was time to share the word. And I started sharing the word. 
as the Holy Spirit was giving me, giving me utterance and eloquence on how to share his word. Everyone in the church was awake and alert. I could so hung, I, I could see hungry souls receiving the word of God with gladness and, and eagerness. And then looking at the shepherd of the church, he was sleeping. Ah! The shepherd of the church was sleeping, saints of God. This is too much. This is too much. Are you making disciples for Jesus? Praise the Lord. Let me give a warning on behalf of my father to all the musicians who tag on themselves gospel, gospel what? Gospel artist, gospel musician, gospel, please, I beg, oh, I beg. If your music is not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in its truthfulness, don't put gospel music. Put your name and your music. Remove the word gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not what most of the people are singing about these days. You will have to stand before the Lord to give account for tagging the word gospel on your music and yet you're preaching something different in your music and your lifestyle, totally different. You're copying the world. Hmm? You're copying what the world is doing, how the world is singing, how the world is dressing, how the world is everything. The Bible says, if you love the world, you are an enemy of God. Loving the world does not mean that you're going to target on yourself. It can be seen in your life, in your character what you sing about, <laughs> what you talk about. What you talk about most is what you love, is what you're intimate with. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. so heavy this morning on me. The Lord is crying. But he said in his word in Jeremiah that I, I myself, I myself as a shepherd, I'm going to come and gather my sheep to myself. These are the days the Lord has come out himself to gather his own sheep to himself. I have a question, saint of God. Are you going to be that person that God will use to gather his own sheep? This season we are in, in the kingdom of God. 
God is not going to use people who have big names. <laughs> He's going to use normal people like us who are not known anywhere to gather his sheep to himself. But are you going to be one of those laborers that will gather and make disciples in his name? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Uh, let me just say this. I have studied theology. I've studied theology, I myself. But theology didn't teach me how to make disciples. Before I went to join Bible college, I was, oh, I was already ministering. I was already a minister. I was already sharing about Jesus with everyone I find. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, you don't need a qualification from any school upon the earth to share about Jesus or to make disciples for him. I love Jesus so much. He says, don't worry about what you will say. As long as you are doing it in my name's sake for the kingdom and for my father's glory, I'll give you what to say. You open your mouth to speak and you don't know where the things you're speaking are coming from. Praise the Lord. But will you be one of the few laborers who have awakened in this season with God to gather and make disciples in his name? When I was signing up for, for the class, I didn't even know that it was a theological class when I had I'd want to apply for Bible college. My only desire, <laughs> my only desire, and that which I long for, like which I long for after, is to know my Lord Jesus Christ. It was my very, it was it was a very special uh, moment for me to know that I'm going to I'm going to just study about God <laughs> for two years to just sit every day and just study about God and dive deeper in his word. For me, it was so special to me. So that's what that's why I went. I'm like, hey, I want to know more. I want to I want to know Jesus. <laughs> and uh, and the other thing that I love most about giving, okay, uh, I love most is when when I purpose to do something, I want to give it my best. So when when I got to know that hey, God has called me to do this. I want to give my master and my king the best of all. So I wanted to give him all and the best. So I decided to go and become a student. And actually, for me, it ushered me now to become a student forever. <laughs> it just opened up a door for me to become a student all the days of my life. When, when, when I graduated from Bible College, for me, it wasn't the end. Like, it was a continuation. <laughs> it was a continuation of the same and the beginning at the same time to continue learning from my master because he's the best teacher. So my point in all this is you don't need seven ways, seven steps learned from Bible school or theological school to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some people can say there are 15 steps that you need. 
Eh? Go, look in someone's eyes, do like this, do like that. My God, you don't need that. No, you don't. All you need is to be attentive and learn from the master himself by his Holy Spirit through his word. Hmm? Just fill yourself with the word of God. Fill yourself with the word. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, to take you deeper in deeper intimacy with the Lord. <coughs> you will speak and someone will think you went to theological school, like the rabbis were telling Jesus, ah, this man is not studied. How come he can say these things? Praise the Lord. It's more like when a child is born. You don't teach the child how to grow. Or you don't even dictate the, the, that growth process to occur. It comes naturally. It's the same way in our new birth. If we are truly disciples of Jesus Christ, that means you are daily learning from him by abiding in his word then sharing the gospel will come naturally. It will just be natural. You even okay, for me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Hmm? I don't know how to talk about anything else. Any conversations I have in my life, I have to talk about Jesus. Even if we have started from another thing, I find myself talking about him. Like it's so natural for me. It's so natural. Even if it's to a fellow Christian, even if it's to servants of God. Now they, now I've, I've remembered a scenario. Most servants of God, pastors, uh, preachers, they want to talk about Jesus when they are preaching. When they are conversing out of the pulpit, they want to talk about other things. I don't know how to do that. So we go for, was it, I think it was dinner with some servants of God. And there was this one servant of God who, who was so dramatic, like he was a comedian. But he was too much. Whenever you want to, to talk about the Lord, he kind of he kind of wants to shut you out. Like, eh? And he did that for some time. And I felt in my spirit, I need to rebuke him. It was a sharp rebuke. When it comes to Jesus, I don't joke. Saints of God. Why? You are Christian. Wouldn't enjoy to talk about Jesus. Because now in the kingdom of God, the things that give us joy are so different from the things of the world. If you, if you want to joke, the things that we joke about are so different from the ones of the world. It is so, so different. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it will come naturally. You're a servant of God. But when you're with your wife or your husband, you can't even talk about Jesus. You don't talk about the word. You don't talk about the Holy Spirit. You laugh about all other things. Hey, those people, uh, uh, those, I've forgotten the names. The names have gone. You know, all these people in the world, they're the things you talk about, you laugh about, you go on Twitter, you see the videos, you show your spouse, you laugh. Eh, eh. 
Are you disciples? Disciples joke about Jesus. They talk about Jesus. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Eh? These things used to bother me those days. People would say, you're too spiritual. Hmm? You're too spiritual. You're too serious. Eh? But these days, eh? I know it is the real life. <laughs> it is the real life to love Jesus. To be consumed by Jesus. Let the world see. Praise the Lord. So what kind of gospel are you sharing? Because his disciples learned from him and have been commissioned by him. So we must share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We learn from him and we have been commissioned by him. The true gospel of Jesus Christ is one that points people to the cross, to the death, resurrection, ascension, and all the finished works and the person of Jesus Christ. It is one that leads people to forsake their sin or evil ways and turn back to repentance. They are totally delivered from darkness into light by putting their faith in Jesus Christ. And this ushers them into a new way of life. We must note that if it is the true gospel of Jesus Christ, it must be received through faith, not by works, but through faith alone. And it must usher people into a life of holiness, into a new way of life into a new way of thinking, into a new culture of their lives. The true gospel of Jesus Christ awakens men to the reality of the supernatural or the spiritual kingdom of God as their new normal life. Let me say that again. The true gospel of Jesus Christ awakens men to the reality of the supernatural or spiritual kingdom of God as their new normal life. Praise the Lord. The true gospel of Jesus Christ leads lives to obedience. It leads people to live a life of obedience, a life of holiness and purity unto the Lord Jesus Christ as their normal new life. New normal. I call it new normal. It's a new normal now. It's a, it's, it's a kind of gospel that leads people to that intimate place People get so intimate with the Lord. They, they love the Lord as Jesus instructs us to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. So it brings people to that place that they will love the Lord with every fiber of their beings. Praise the Lord. And they will long to live for him. They will long to glorify him and to please him alone. The true gospel of Jesus Christ is losing that we may gain, dying that we may live. Now the life we live is by faith in the Son of God alone. Praise the Lord. Lastly, 
it points the gospel of Jesus Christ, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, points people to where they will spend eternity. It doesn't make people comfortable in their earthly life. It doesn't make people comfortable in their riches, in their wealth. But it points them and makes them long for eternity in heaven with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Because that is the ultimate goal for us to come to the Lord. That we may spend eternity with him in heaven. And the true gospel will point people to heaven. People will long for heaven. People will long for Jesus. Hallelujah. So if the things that I've mentioned are not part of the gospel that you are listening to in your churches, in your fellowships, in your group, run away. These moments are not moments of being there. They are moments of seeking the truth. The Bible says that the knowledge of the Lord will fill the whole earth. The knowledge of the Lord has filled, has been released. His gospel has been released in its truthfulness. So if the gospel you're listening to makes you comfortable in your flesh, makes you comfortable in the things of the world, makes you comfortable to, to you know, uh, to in self, eh? loving yourself, self-love, self selfie, self-selfie, eh? self, 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 I want to be happy if that self-love, if, if the gospel you're listening to is making you to have self-love, run away, because Jesus says you have to die to self, you have to die to self, if you want to know him, you have to die to self, praise the Lord. Okay, there are some scriptures that I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm not going to read them, but you can read them in your time. They talk about salvation and what we have become. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. John chapter 3, verse 3 and 5. Titus 3, 5. Praise the Lord. The other thing that amazed the Jews Jesus taught with authority. It was not about it was not about the law. Okay? It was not the case with the with the religious leaders. For them they taught they taught the law. They read from the law. They just read whatever was already written. But Jesus taught with authority. And this was, of course, accompanied by the demonstration of, of the power of God. So they were so amazed. Who is this man who teaches with such authority? And it is the same gospel that Jesus has given us. He wants us to teach with authority. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom but in the demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men but in the power of God praise the Lord the true gospel of Jesus Christ will come with authority 
and it will be demonstrated with power. It is in power. It is in authority, the authority of the Holy Spirit in spirit. And it is in power. It must change a soul. It must transform a soul. Praise the Lord. So Jesus did not um, did not desire to glorify himself. And one of the secrets that I've discovered, when you are submitted to the will of God and a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you will never seek to glorify yourself. You will never seek to preach something that points to you or points to self. You will always want to preach and point people to Jesus Christ. And because of that, your life and gospel will be demonstrated in power wherever you go. It will be demonstrated in power, power to transform, power to deliver, power to change. People will not remain the same. People will grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. Mark 16, 15 to 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will not, will not accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Praise the Lord. If you're truly seeking to glorify God and you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, these are the promises that will follow. These are the signs that will follow. It is a demonstration of power. And we see this in, in, in Jesus' ministry and life. We see it in the apostles' ministry and life. And we have witnessed it in this ministry as well. Praise the Lord. We have witnessed the demonstration of the power of God to transform lives and change them totally. Lives to just, people to just cry out in repentance and reaching out to love God more and to seek God more. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Lastly, I'm going to end with this. We should be able to know the true gospel and discern for ourselves. If you don't know the true gospel, you're going to be tossed around like a wave on the sea with every wind of doctrine because you don't know so every Christian, now this is to Christians, it's not to, to the shepherds alone. Now this is to every Christian. Make sure you know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Make sure you know the truth for yourself. That even when your pastor shares, go back. That's why you need to come with books, notebooks, and write down. Go back, read through what he shared. Compare with the scriptures he shared. And discern, is this truth? Is this the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you're not able to do that, 
Then you're doomed. Praise the Lord. The season we are in, it's not a season of jokes. It's a season of serious business. And Jesus will only take those that are pure in heart and those that are obedient to his word, who live by his word daily. Praise the Lord. Only those. And there's no way you can be pure if you're not studying the word, if you're not reading the word, if you're not praying, if you're not abiding. How will you? You'll be swayed away by every wind of doctrine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to end there today. I pray that the Lord will awaken every sleeping soul. Every sleeping soul to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. May God call back people to himself, to the true gospel, to the truth. And may, may we blow trumpets and not be quiet. Let us not be quiet. Let, let us let the river, the rivers of living water gush out. Because it's a river that flows from the throne of God into us and to the people around us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for today. You're welcome to church, the powerhouse sanctuary. I hope um, you've enjoyed so far the presence of the Lord and sitting at his feet and just being with him as we continue to learn from him and to feast from his heart and hand. Uh, today we are going to pick it up um, from uh, where we stopped last time through our study in the book of John chapter 7. And today we are going to study only one verse, that is verse 19. We know uh, where the story is coming from. If you've been following up, if you don't have the, the or you've never listened to the teachings from the other chapters, kindly get them. Contact Minister Rachel. She'll be able to give you all the studies from the previous um, chapters. So let's pick it up. <clears throat> we know that Jesus now is in the temple and he's teaching. And uh, we're going to study just one statement that he made, that is verse 19 today. Uh, I hope we are already there. Let's read together. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The title of our study today is Be a Doer of the Word. Be a Doer of the Word. Let me read verse 19 again. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. <clears throat> Why do you seek to kill me? Hallelujah. Uh, we know the Pharisees, we know the scribes, they were so prideful. The 
that may really keep the law. And from Jesus' point of view, the Pharisees and the scribes didn't keep the law. They did. For them, they thought they did. From their point of view, they thought they, they were keeping the law. They, they are so proud. They were so proud that they keep the law. They observe everything in the law. And um, what they considered keeping the law was putting out an outward show. An outward show. You know, um, we, can, we can, I can give an example of, kindly write this. I'm not going to read the scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 to 22, where the young rich ruler comes to Jesus and tells him, What can I do to inherit eternal life? Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 to 22. And Jesus tells him, Keep the commandments. And proudly, if you read the statement of, of that man, Proudly says, I've kept the law since I was a child. I have kept the law. I did not kill, I did not steal, I did not murder, I did not And Jesus told him, Okay, one thing that is needful of you, go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. The Bible says the young rich ruler left very annoyed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Keeping the law. Hmm? Look at what the Pharisees uh, do or did. What they did. Okay? Let's go to Matthew chapter 23, verse 1 to 5. Matthew 23, verse 1 to 5. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and said to his disciples, This, sorry, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say do not do. For they, 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 they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all of their works they do to be seen by men. That's what I told you. They, they were putting an outward show. Hmm. They make their fallet. Phale, Phylacteries, broad and large, and enlarge the borders of their garments. Just outward show. They lay burdens on others, expecting them to obey the law and do it perfectly, and even quote them. Eh? They quote them at their mistakes where they fail, but for them, they're in disobedience. You know that saying that we used to have in the Catholic Church? <clears throat> do as I say, but don't do as I do. Have you seen it there in that scripture? <laughs> do as I say, but don't do as I do. Yet, Jesus' perspective 
is do as I do. It is not just do as I say. So Jesus says, this is what Jesus is saying. And, and I, want, I want to bring this out that it, this, is, this is today very common and it is the life of many of us Christians. That's how we are. Praise the Lord. We, we put on outward shows. At church, you're someone else. Everyone knows, hey, that person is so good. At home, you're someone else. At the neighborhood, you're someone else. At the marketplace, you're someone else. Like, you put on an outward show. But the people who stay with you at home know the true colors. Though some people hide their true colors now from home, they hide their true colors from home. For example, the, the, the teenagers. Eh? They put a show before their parents, mostly the Christian families, the, the, children, the, the, the pastor's children, minister's children. Eh? They put on a show. They put on a show at home. When they reach at school, they're something different. Praise the Lord. So Jesus says to you today, you love me with your lips, but your hearts are so far. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying to the Pharisees. That's why he tells them, you do not keep the law. You think you keep the law, but you do not keep the law. Why? Because your hearts are so far away. You just love with your lips. That's why you tell people to do what you say. You can't tell them to do what you do. Because you, you, you just love me with your lips. Praise the Lord. When it is like that, your religion, you're in religion. Because you put on an outward show. You just do things. You read, for example, you read, you read the word, you go to church. It is just a routine. It is just an obligation. Like the way the Lord was teaching us today during the time of giving. If you just give as an obligation, if you just give because you have to give, if you just give because you think your pastor needs money, if you just give because, you know, uh, I'm going to buy the church the land, just you're wasting time. That offering is not accepted before the Father. It is not accepted because God is looking for your heart, not your money. He doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. He needs your heart. Don't put an outward show. Can you imagine? Jesus sat in the temple and he looked at people going to give. They offered you know those people who put an outward show? These ones gave a million. These ones gave, you know, big, big, big money. And then this woman, eh? she got the, 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 the coins that were remaining. I think it was her hope. Said, Father, this is what I have. This is what I can bring. And she put it there. And Jesus said, only that woman had given. Praise the Lord. God is looking for your heart. Stop putting on outward shows. 
to make people think that you you give too much, you go to church too much, um, all those Christian Christian things that we do, just to put an outward show. Yet, really, our hearts are so far away from the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have become the Pharisees of today. Eh? If you're doing that, you're a Pharisee. A Pharisee of today. When you read about Pharisees, you laugh. The scribes, you laugh. But also you've become a Pharisee and a scribe of today. Because you love God with your lips. But your heart is far. Your heart is far. The Lord was saying, I don't need your money. Eh? You think you're supporting the ministry? No. I support my ministry. It is God's ministry. And he supports it. God can use anyone, anywhere to support his ministry without your money. God needs your heart. Eh? You rather take that money and you eat ice cream than just wasting. Eh? If you're just going to church as an obligation, if you're just going to church just for just stay home and sleep, I'm telling you, God needs your heart. Bring your heart to church. Bring your heart to God in prayer. God doesn't need your two hours of, of just being there and talking, talking, talking. Yet your heart is so far away. You're seeking God because you need a breakthrough. Your heart is far away. You're seeking God because of what he can give you. And you forget the person. The person needs your heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Some people don't want to respond because it is okay for me to declare the word of God the way it is in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our hearts are so far away. We have a when our hearts are so far away and we are living like that, it means it fulfills the other scripture. Is it Second Timothy three? In the last days, they will have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You have a form of godliness. Everyone knows this person is a Christian. This person is a pastor. This person is a choir. But God knows the truth because he looks at the heart. You're denying his power to work in your life, to change you, to transform you. You're denying him. You're exposing your members to the, to the world, to the things of the world. You don't want to give him your members. You don't want to give him your instrument. You want to give him everything that you have. Praise the Lord. You're denying his power to work in you. You're denying. You have a form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. Just imagine. The Bible says, the power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. The Bible also says, in, in John chapter 3, we, we just uh, finished studying it. 
It says he gives his spirit without measure. Where is that power? Where is the Holy Spirit in our lives? Yeah? He has poured out his Holy Spirit. He has given us his Holy Spirit without measure. Why is it that it is not evident in our lives? You think God is powerless? No. Your heart. Your heart. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 27. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 27. You know, I, 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 I heard one preacher, I think he's a prophet or something, he was, he was teaching about, he was teaching something, and then he made a statement that when Jesus in this chapter, chapter 7 of Matthew, says, um, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Hmm? He's not talking about character. That's what he says. He's talking about, is it walking in the gifts or something? I looked at him, I'm like, what? Did you read the whole chapter and see the context? Praise the Lord. It reminds me of, that, of something that we're talking about, that we read scripture and then we want to add. We put in what we want. You read a scripture and you apply it the way you want. You don't apply it the way it is supposed to be. But for you, you want to apply it the way you want. Because your heart is so far away from the Lord, you want benefits. Hmm? For you after benefits, you after a relationship with benefits. Praise the Lord. Matthew 7, 21 to 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He who does what? Not he who knows the will. He who does what? Not knowing. You can know the will and not do it. You will call him Lord, Lord, and you'll tell him, I don't know you. Because you don't do the will. Mm -hmm. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, we have not have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name. Now most people think when, when, when Jesus talks about good works, he's talking about this, casting out demons. Do we see? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever, now I love this one, listen to it very well. I know you know the scripture. You've read it over and over again. But I want you to listen today with a different ear to get understanding. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on. Whoever hears, hmm, and that's what? 
and does them not whoever hears just hearing now we normally apply this scripture because we are going down it's about foundation we say your foundation has to be the word the word but it is not just the word it is the word that you do not the word you know but the word that you do it is your foundation the word that you do the word that you obey not the word that you you hear hmm. let me read it for again then whoever hears these sayings of mine you have heard the word you have received an instruction from the lord you have received a word from the word of god the bible hmm? and does obeys does i will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended the floods came the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock praise the lord your foundation is the word that you do not the word that you just hear the word that you do, the word that has transformed your life, the word that you receive and allow it to bear fruit in your life, that is the foundation, that is the rock. Because now when we look at the word that bears fruit in you, that means there is a relationship happening with Jesus Christ. There is a relationship happening with Jesus Christ. That's why now you can stand firm even when the storms of life come. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. How many things have you heard from the Lord? How many instructions? How many admonitions? How many disciplines? How, how many things have you heard from the Lord? If you're not doing them or obeying them, you're like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Hallelujah. Let's do a, a, a heart check. Yeah? We normally go to hospitals for checkup. Today you come to the hospital to check your heart. Check your heart. Am I doing what the Lord is saying? Because that's what will help you to stand when the tests and trials come. Praise the Lord. You don't expect to pass exams if you have not attended class and did all the exercises and taken all, all the, 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 
whole tests and you know all the exercises that that the, the teacher does in class, if he gives instructions, if you're not listening and following them, you don't expect to pass any exam. Praise the Lord. Are you doing what the Lord has been telling you? Are you obeying the word of God? Are you obeying the instructions of God? Praise the Lord. Look at verse 27 of chapter um, 7, Matthew. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and a great fall it was. Praise the Lord. A great what? Fall it was. The Lord, the Lord has been teaching me. He has revealed to me that the only thing that will help us to grow spiritually, the only thing that will help us to stand spiritually is obeying his word. Obeying his word. Hearing the word, reading the word, but most of all obeying his word. Even if you obey a simple instruction. Do you know that when, when God gives you an instruction and you don't obey it, he won't instruct you again. He will wait for you to first obey what he has said. Praise the Lord. Let us not be like the Pharisees. Let us not be like the foolish man. Saints of God. Let us stop putting burdens on other people. Yeah? Let me give an example of parents. Let me just give a, a simple near example of parents. You put a burden on your children. Be good. Be like this. Dress well. Eh, but for you, you dress the way you want. You speak the way you want. You, you think your child is going to, to do what you're saying. They are going to do what they see you do. Praise the Lord. Let us stop putting burdens on people. Let me tell you a secret. If you're a parent or a leader, what you see in your children, eh, as they grow up, that's who you are. If your child starts, you, 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 no, you speak like that. That's why they are, they are doing that. Because it's you writing on the plain paper of their mind every day. Of course, there's an influence from school, work, but they pick up most of the things from home, from watching the parents. Children watch, they watch, they watch, they watch, they watch. And now we have a problem of phones, we have a problem of tabs. You find a young child with a tab, with, you know, they, they can't throw an fuga because because the parents are like that. I was I was giving a, I was telling some people, we went for ministry somewhere and we were seated with ministers of God. We reached, we had gone for lunch. Everyone got up their phone. Everyone was quiet. So for my sat and looked at me. I looked for for some time. I was just watching my Jesus Christ. Then there's a way I started talking. 
You know, for me, may God forgive me, there's something that I can't contain. If you're a leader, it's different. If it's just a sheep, it is okay. A leader. You need people. What I what I what you do is what your sheep will do. They, they are not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you're doing. Because now as I speak, I am passing on spiritual virtue. I'm not passing on physical. No. I'm passing on spiritual virtue. The spiritual virtue I'm passing on is the river that is flowing in me. If the river that flows in you is that, that's what people will receive. I made some statements. Some people understood that they stopped. Others continued, continued. Another time we were moving, they gave us a minister of God to escort us. He moved like this. Jesus, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now you expect your people that you're leading to do what is right. And for you, you're doing. Praise the Lord. Let us not be like the Pharisees. Putting burdens on other people. You must do this. You must do this. But for you, you're not doing it. Parents, let me teach you a secret. If you, if you want your children to grow up upright, be upright. Be upright. Let me tell you. It's a seed that you will sow. And your child will be groomed into it. I don't think this scripture is wrong that says, teach your children the ways of the Lord. That when they grow up, the Lord wouldn't have said it if it was impossible. Because some people give an excuse that for us we are good, but our child rebelled. That is not an excuse. That scripture is true. There are some parents who have lived with God faithfully and their children are upright. They are serving God. What are you talking about? Praise the Lord. If you're rebelling against God, don't expect your children to obey you. They won't. Pastors, eh? leaders, if you're disobeying God, if you're disobeying your leaders, don't expect the people you're leading to obey you. They will never. What they will do? They will pretend. And then you will discover what they were portraying was a lie to you. Praise the Lord. Let us not be like the Pharisees or like this foolish man. If you're not obeying Jesus, if you're not obeying the word of God, if it is not working in your life, transforming you, changing you into the image of Jesus, you're a foolish man or a foolish woman who has built their house on the sand. Praise the Lord. That's why when shakings come, people mock God. A shaking happened this year. And I saw ministers of God in the courts. Because to me, mm -mm. Hmm? mocking God, mocking the word of God. Praise the Lord. Let us not be like the Pharisees. Hmm? 
Let us not be like the Pharisees. The Lord is warning us here. Because many of us call ourselves Christians. But we do not live by God's word. Hmm? You call yourself a Christian. You do not live by God's word. Some of us think going to church, going to this big... Now let me, let me, let me try to, to bring the picture that people have. Some people think going to this big church that has lights, nice building, very many people, we think it is enough. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Saint of God, if you never read the word, if you never spend time with God, if you, your pursuit is worldly things, you the Bible calls you a foolish man or a foolish woman. Because you're building your house on the sand. Just imagine. Hmm? We've heard of these buildings that fall. Like you look at the building on the outside, it looks so beautiful. But the foundation had problems. And the house within a short time falls. What is your foundation? Because the Bible is giving us the standard of God. The standard of God is hear the word, read the word, receive it, do it. Let it change you. Let it transform you. You don't do only the things that make you feel good. You don't do only the things that make you get a miracle. You don't do... Eh? There's that faith movement. Have faith. God will work. Have, yes, God works. God has never failed. He will work. Whether you have faith or not, God will work. Faith is important, saints of God. God will work. But if you're walking in disobedience, if you're walking, eh, building, building, just the outward, the outward, you're like a Pharisee. Washing on the outside, yet inside you smell. Even when you try to, to worship, offer the Lord, the Lord puts the nose this side. Mm, mm, mm. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. This warning goes to all of you, all of us. That's it. Lord, Lord, with your lips. But your spiritual life has nothing to do with your everyday life. Eh? You're just spiritual on Sunday. You're just spiritual when you're praying with pastor. After there, it is like there's no difference between you and the person who doesn't know God. Praise the Lord. Our hearts are so far away from the Lord. What shows that your heart is so far away from the Lord? The Bible tells us that where your treasure is, your heart will.
What shows that your heart is so far away from God? Number one, you don't treasure him. You don't treasure him. You don't treasure his presence. You don't treasure his word. You don't treasure time with him. I love David. Psalms 84, verse 10. It is good to read the whole chapter, Psalms 84. But verse 10, he says, Better is one day in your courts than dwelling into the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in your house than dwell in the tents of the wicked. The person speaking is a king, is the Lord. He's a king. Yeah? We can equate him to the president of those days. He rather he he rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Where is your treasure? The things you spend time on are the things you treasure. The things that you love their presence. Yeah? The things you treasure. The things that you do are the things you treasure. If you spend all your time chatting with people, all your time on WhatsApp, G what? Now the names are good. I'm going to say Gmail. <laughs> TikTok, uh, Twitter, Instagram. That is what you treasure. If you spend all your time in the bath, eh? even when you're at work, you're thinking of the bath. You're thinking of how you're going to buy people alcohol. You're thinking of that is what you treasure. Eh? Praise the Lord. Let me tell you, I wish we knew. I wish we knew that it is the enemy trying to deceive us and rob us of our rightful places and life that God has ordained for us. We think obeying God is hard. The reason we think it is hard because we look at ourselves. You focus on you. But if you focus on God by laying down your life at the altar, it's going to be so easy. Praise the Lord. And when you obey, you feel good. You, you, you grow in the Lord. I was talking to someone this week. And she was telling me, hey, the way the Lord is, is dealing with me these days, he's so strict. He's so, so, so strict. And, and we're sharing of those moments how God has been leading us and, you know, strict on us. And, and we said, it, it, it's a bit... It's a bit not easy for, for my flesh. But you know, it is sweet. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love it. So only at that place where we love him with all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our strength, can we honor him? Can we seek him? Can we seek to place him in our lives? We have to honor him by laying down our lives, as I've already said. 
as a sacrifice so that the Holy Spirit can take over. Praise the Lord. He will empower us to do it. But you have to choose. He won't choose for you. He will tell you, this is the best. Like he's saying, obey me. Obey, obey, even if it is hard, obey me. Just trust me. I love Abraham. I love Abraham. But I don't want to go ahead of myself. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying, stop saying, Lord, Lord, with your lips. Hmm? Let your spiritual life affect your daily life in everything. In everything. You say, Lord, 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 with your lips, but he is not truly Lord in your life every day. It's not truly, Lord. You even have impressive spiritual accomplishments. Hmm? They're so impressive. The ones that Jesus talks about, you prophesy I, that he will, we will say to him, I prophesied in your name. They're impressive spiritual accomplishments. Prophesy in his name. You see visions. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. I can see angels ministering. Hmm? You cast out demons. Eh? You deliver people. You have done very many wonders in his name. These are wonderful things, saints of God. And the Lord is so powerful. He works, he moves. But they are nothing without an intimate relationship and fellowship and friendship with Jesus. They are nothing. Look at the children of Israel. They saw wonders. They saw miracles. I was reading a scripture the other day. I was reading Nehemiah. That prayer of thanksgiving they were giving. I read a scripture. For 40 years, their clothes didn't get old and their shoes didn't wear out 40 years and they fed from food falling from heaven right from the kitchen of heaven they experienced firsthand they would see the lord fire a pillar of fire leading them firsthand But they didn't have a relationship with him. When Moses went to the mountain, they called Aaron, come. And even Aaron didn't have a relationship with God. Because I was so, I'm, I, how can a priest just agree, bring, bring all the golden things and I, make, and I make it? Because they said, maybe Moses has died. Now make for us a God. His army are going to worship and say his army delivered us. Hey, praise the Lord. But that's what we do every day. We have made cows. Eh? We think they're the ones that delivered us. They're the ones that have brought us to where we are. We forget the Lord. 
pastors doing miracles. People think it is pastors delivering people. Why? Because you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus. You don't have a friendship with Jesus. You don't have fellowship with Jesus. You don't know him. The children of Israel didn't know him. Aaron didn't know God. They worshipped the God of Moses. Saint of God, it is high time you stop worshipping the God of your pastor. Stop worshipping the God of your prophet. Have a personal relationship with God. Have a personal relationship with Jesus. Every day. It's not a relationship today. Tomorrow you turn to other gods. Yeah? The other day the Holy Spirit was calling them men. Today you're with Jesus. Tomorrow you're with another one. The other day. And then you remember, hey, Jesus is still there. Then you go to Jesus. Ah! Praise the Lord. Jesus is warning us today. Even though we do all these things in his name, yet if we don't have a love relationship and fellowship with Jesus, we are like the Pharisees. We are like the children of Israel. If we are walking in disobedience, we are like that unwise man, the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I, I had a conversation with someone and she was so, for her it was her first time to see, to get that revelation and perceive. She said, is it that in some areas of our lives, the word is, you have to put the word aside and you first do this and then after you come and pick it up. Hmm? And what surprised her is, these are ministers of God. In some areas, they put the word aside. Jesus aside, God do it. And then come and pick up Jesus. My God. Praise the Lord. Hmm? Corruption. Yeah? Bribing has become life. Yet to a Christian, it is sin. Read very well your Bible. It is the sin of injustice. And God hates injustice. I'm telling you. We need to check ourselves. If you're afraid of losing your job, you're afraid of losing that opportunity, that means you treasure it more than pleasing God. You treasure it more than obeying the word of God. Praise the Lord. The word of God should be our life. It should be the air we breathe in and the air we breathe out. It should be our life. 24-7. Every second, every minute, every hour. Before you make a decision, think about God first. Think about his word. Think about what he says. 
praise the Lord. There's no exception. If you're a Christian, maybe if you're, if you're not a Christian. The Bible calls some people kind of Christians, others disobedient Christians. If you fall in those and look warm, it's okay. But if you truly love the Lord and you want to spend eternity with him, you need to check yourself and choose which, who, which God you will serve today, like Joshua did. Say, me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Whether what comes or what. Serving the Lord does not mean singing in choir. It is believing in the one he sent. Believing in God, the one true God, honoring him, pleasing him, living with him in each and every part of your life. That is serving God. That is worshiping God. Today, today, choose which God you will serve. Whom are you willing to serve? Because that choice has to come from you. Jesus Christ is only and only returning for the true bride. Eh? Not the false bride who wants just the things that he gives, who just wants to use his name and power but rejects the person. No, he's coming for his true bride. And his true bride is in love with him. They're intimate. Heart to heart, mind to mind, thought to thought, eye to eye. They're intimate with him. They obey. They walk in obedience. No matter what, no matter the consequences, they obey Jesus. They live their lives by his word in all purity of life by the Holy Spirit. Only by the Holy Spirit. That means there has to be a submission to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. She's so intimate with Jesus. His true bread. She's so intimate with Jesus that she has laid down her life on the altar as a living sacrifice. That his Lord, his bridegroom, lives in and through her every day. Every second, every minute, every hour, every time. Hallelujah. That is the bride that Jesus is taking. If you're disobeying Jesus, if you're disobeying the word of God, you will not be taken, saints of God. If, you, if Jesus he has warned you, because you don't treasure him. You don't even see that he's the one speaking. You think it is the person speaking. Praise the Lord. I'm very careful. When the Lord speaks to me two times, even one time, but when he confirms it again, and again, I'm like, ah! this is not this person. These are not these people. It is Jesus calling me. I, I work very fast. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are walking in disobedience, Jesus is not taking you anywhere. You are not his bride. You are not part of his church. 
His church submits to him. He's the master. They obey him. They tremble at his word and obey. Praise the Lord. My God. So where have you built your house? Where are you building your house? Where are you building your house? Have you built on the foundation of obedience to the word? Or you have built your house on the foundation of disobedience? Yes, the house looks nice. The ministry is so good. It is even international. What? You sit the whole stadium. It looks nice on the outside. But have, what, what, what is the foundation? Hmm? Did you build it from disobedience? Hmm? You first fought with your pastor, with your leader. And you even stole. You, you did everything. You didn't listen. And then you made a ministry. <laughs> Please. You're taking all those people to hell. I'm telling you. It is a big price. Because in hell they are pushed. They, they are different levels. In hell. Yeah? I was reading a book about hell. This lady who, who was taken to hell, the revelation of hell. Eh? There are levels. Now, if you're in that category, hot fire. More than this person who was your sheep. Praise the Lord. The woman said, Pastors were there speaking the word. She was shocked. She asked Jesus, What is this man doing here? He knows scriptures. Told him that man was a liar. I warned him and he refused to repent. You lie everyone and manipulate them like this. You're building ministry, ministry, ministry. But the foundation lies disobedience, dishonesty. My God, your house is going to fall. Praise the Lord. This is the season of God. For my closing up all those churches. Because I have the authority of my father to do so. Let them fall. Because the true bride of Christ has to shine gloriously. You will not take people's, God's people to hell. You will not. Praise the Lord. My God. What is your foundation? Hmm? What is your foundation, child of God? I'm talking about pastors. Even you is not a pastor. How are you building your life? Hmm? How are you building your life? You're so disobedient to the word. Yeah? Do you know how disobedient people are? When they listen to this word, they start pushing it to other people. For example, they listen to this word, they're like, eh, eh, this man of God, eh, the other sister, the other brother, they are not checking themselves to see, opening up and saying, God, please forgive me. Check me. Hmm? Search my heart as David prayed and remove anything. I want you to be my foundation. 
I want to obey your word. I want to walk with you, Jesus. Some of us need to, to recommit our lives again to Jesus. Eh? Ministers of God, servants of God, you need to recommit your lives to Jesus. Otherwise, you're taking people to hell. The Bible says the blind man cannot lead. You will take people in a ditch. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. By the way, if you're listening to this audio and you're a minister, when you invite me to your church, hmm, I'm going to speak the same gospel. So be ready that some people will walk away from your church. And I'm ready. I know some people will not receive. Others will receive. Others will get offended. It is okay. Praise the Lord. Merely hearing and reading God's word and accumulating a lot of knowledge and being so gifted, performing miracles, signs, wonders. Hey, hey, isn't enough to provide a secure foundation. Eh? If your foundation is miracles, <laughs> how can your foundation be miracles? Where is it written in the Bible? That a miracle is can be your foundation. Why is it written in the Bible that deliverance can be your foundation? Jesus has to be your foundation. Not that Jesus you know. Yeah? Or you hear about that, that Jesus that you obey. That Jesus who is your Lord and Master every day. Praise the Lord. The storms of life will come. They always come. They will come. To prove the foundations. The Bible says, yeah, do not even envy or feel frightened because of the evildoers. Their end is coming. The foundations will be shaken. They will be shaken. If you do not, if you do not build on obedience or doing the word of God, so great will be your fall. Scripture said that. So great will be your fall. Hallelujah. Let's end with James. James uh, chapter 1. We're going to read a couple of verses from James. James chapter 1 verse 22 <clears throat> to 24. James chapter 1 Verse 22 to 24. But be doers of the word, not only hearers, deceiving yourself. That means if you're hearing the word and not doing it, you are deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself. Verse 23. For if any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing in his natural face in the mirror for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was praise the lord <laughs> you ask yourself how is that possible we are going to see let us read <laughs> james chapter 2 james chapter 2 verse 17 to 26 james chapter 2 verse 17 to 26 
Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Hmm? You think you have faith? If your faith cannot cause you to obey the word, it is dead. You don't have faith. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Faith is revealed by works, saints of God. If you say you believe in God, it must be revealed by your works. That's why Jesus says, yeah, let your light so shine before men that they may see. Faith is revealed by people seeing. They may see your good works and glorify my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Okay, let's, let's read and finish up. Um, verse 19 of chapter 2, James. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. For you, you believe and you don't even tremble. But the demons believe and what? But, but do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him righteousness. He was called the friend of God. Verse 24. You see then that a man is justified by works, not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab, the harlot, the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way for as the body without a spirit is dead so faith without works is mere hearing and believing it is dead it has you have to obey what you believe hey praise the lord you have to obey what what you believe don't just believe, I receive, I receive, I receive. You're going to keep like that. Confessing, confessing. So many people confess. Confessing scriptures is good, but it is better to obey. Confess them, but also obey them. Hallelujah. Our love and faith in Jesus is proved by our obedience. Mm -hmm. Our love and faith in Jesus is proved by our obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll, you'll obey my commands, or you will keep my commands. That's why he's telling the Pharisees, you have not kept the law. You think you have kept, you have not. Praise the Lord. If we love Jesus, if we have faith in Jesus, it will be applied in our daily life. Eh? The word of God will be evident and applicable in everything we do. Every decision you make, every step you, you take. There are no exceptions. The word of God should be our life. 
reflecting the light in us and through us by our good works that our Father may be glorified. Some people think that James was against Paul because Paul talks about talks about uh, faith by grace through faith explains faith but the same Paul says work out your salvation salvation is free just believe receive it but to keep in it you have to work you have to work by laying down your life as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice at the altar. And now dressing with the word of God and walking and obeying the word of God daily. Praise the Lord. Now let me explain. Let me explain this. How can a man Look in the mirror. And then in one minute, they turn and forget how they look like. When you read it, it seems impossible, but it is possible. Because when you look at yourself in the mirror and immediately forget how you look, that means that your heart, your mind, your attention was somewhere else. It was not, it was somewhere else. And that it wasn't important at that moment. That's why you forget or you forgot. And remember, Jesus, I'm going to remind you of that scripture. I think it is the scripture of that day. Please go, it is your memory verse. Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Our Lord Jesus Christ, his word, his instructions should be our treasure. If we treasure it with all of our hearts and give it our hearts and minds, there's no way you can forget. That means your mind, your attention was on other things, not God. When you don't do obey or obey, it means it wasn't that important to you. It's not important to you. You have other you have other things that are more important than what God is telling you, than what God is saying and instructing you. That's why you leave it because you don't take it seriously. It is so sad that when we receive the word of God, when it is faithfully preached or told, the word of God is the mirror. It is the mirror. But it is so sad that when we are receiving it, we are seeing ourselves. I have to change here for sure. I need to repeat. For sure, I have this. I have this weakness. For sure. Hmm? You're seeing, you're seeing, you're discovering your own character. And then you sorrow inside. I have to change. I have to change. But when the preaching is over, all the teaching and the mirror is removed. Hmm? You soon forget what manner of man you were. And you reason in yourself. Instead of repenting, you're like, ah. You don't even, you don't even think about it. You thought about it when you had the word or when you were reading the Bible. 
after shutting down the Bible, and then you deceive your soul. You're deceiving your soul because you're like that man. Praise the Lord. But a healthy person, a very healthy person, yeah, will look in the mirror to do something. You don't just look in the mirror to admire yourself. Okay, some people do it. But most of the time, you look in the mirror. You're looking for something. Maybe you want to see how your face is, how, yeah, and you arrange everything. Even so, a healthy Christian looks into God's word to do something about it. Hmm? When you hear, when you're instructed, do something about it immediately. Because even delayed disobedience is disobedience. My God. Hallelujah. A healthy Christian will look into God's word, hear God's word. That they can do something about it, not just store it up and accumulate knowledge that will that they will not put to use, but they are doers of the word. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. The Lord is calling us, saints of God. Obey the word. He wants your heart. He wants your attention. Your mind. Take him seriously. If you're not obeying, that means you're not taking God seriously. You're not taking his word seriously. You, you think it's a joke. How can you make God a joke? Of all things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 